Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. Welcome to Fauda 2020 Airlines. Look, 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 look what's happening in Lebanon. They're recruiting female pilots. And I was, wow, that's really nice. And he was like, he started to be sarcastic. We sat for the exam. We were like 2,000 applicants applied. The ones who made it for the written exam were around 600. And now, 25 years later, I'm flying planes and he's not. So. <laughs> I went back to EB, I dropped all my courses, and I took my stuff, I took a taxi, and I went back to my village. And I told my dad, you have two options. You either find me a husband, or you send me to be a pilot. And I used to hear people saying, oh, she's a woman, I don't want to board the plane. I, I, I used to take it personal and I really I felt sad. I know why can't you trust me? Like why? I've done everything everybody else has done. become the first female captain in Lebanon? I'm assuming when you're a child, you don't think about doing that. How do or how did? How, how did? Yeah. Yeah. When you were like, a kid, is yeah. that something you wanted to be? Or never. Is it never. Like I was, uh, you know, in Lebanon 25 years back or even more, like I've been flying for 25 years. Mm. So if we go back when I was a little kid, let's say 35 years back, we were not uh, at school, we were not like oriented into what field we would like to study. Mm. It's whatever you get good grades at, it's that field that you're going to go into college or into university. If you're good with math and physics, you're going to go into engineering. If you're good with biology, you're going to be a doctor. You know, there, are, there were these specific jobs, which, or whatever, like university degrees, which students are typically going uh, to study. Very educational. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And especially in Lebanon. And I used to live in a small village in Lebanon. So I wasn't exposed in Dwer. It's called Dwer. It's next to Nabatiye. So I wasn't exposed to, uh, to, to aviation, mm-hmm. to anything that had to like do with pilots. Yeah. Or yeah. So as a little child, I was an A student. And I was very good when it, like with mathematics and physics and sciences. You know, I wasn't that good when it came to languages. I don't know. I was fine. So definitely, I was, I, my plan was to go into engineering. When I applied to AUB, that was a huge leap for me, like coming from a small village, from a very small school, and deciding to go to AUB, it, it, uh, it in itself was a huge leap. And going to the city, going all the way from exactly. the village and, to like Beirut. And living in the dorms, like mm. it was really, wow, something. Because my parents initially, they thought I will go to a university, the Lebanese university in Nabatiye. So when I applied to the American University of Beirut, for them, like, as I told you, it was like, uh-oh, what are you doing? But then I got accepted, and I applied for, as an, for civil engineering, electrical engineering, architect, and business. Yeah. And I got accepted, accepted for all these uh, choices. So I started initially as an uh, architect student, and uh, like uh, two weeks later, I found out that I don't like architecture. <laughs> <laughs> it's not me like I can't draw I can't I, I'm like when it comes to imagination and to picturing things how they're going to be I've I failed so like two weeks later I dropped and I moved into business Then again I found out that I don't no. like business <laughs> so the next semester I tried to I, I transferred to mathematics and that's what I studied actually so I was studying mathematics at the AUB and I finished my first year um, 
I was an A student, as I told you, and actually I, was the, I got the highest degree in all the arts and sciences departments in Lebanon for the first year. So anyway, I can relate. I can very much relate. I did mathematics no, I just to put as well that in, as yeah. an undergrad. Yeah. During the second year, I was like, my, I, my, my plans were to be a math teacher, maybe to go for master's PhD, to be a professor, but like, that was the ultimate aim for me. Until one day, a friend of mine, he just walked into the math department carrying a newspaper, a Nahar newspaper. And on the very fr first page, there was an ad which said that Middle East Airlines is recruiting pilots and it said both males and females. Definitely it was in Arabic, but uh, yeah, so. And he, he was like, he was, look, 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 look what's happening in Lebanon. They're recruiting female pilots. And I was, wow, that's really nice. And he was like, he started to be sarcastic. And you know, anytime there's a, a traffic on the roads, it, it definitely must be a woman. <laughs> and if we buy a washing machine, for example, like it takes a woman at least two months to be able to know how to operate this thing. So you think, like you really think women can fly planes? And I told him, you know what? Let's both apply and see. Let's sit for the entrance exam and see. So, you know, it started as a challenge, actually. We sat for the exam. We were like 2,000 applicants applied. The ones who made it for the written exam were around 600. And now, 25 years later, I'm flying planes and he's not. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> is he still in your life as a friend or is he? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what, what type of questions would they ask you in the exam? Like, because you're going to uh, like a pilot, like to become a pilot, but like you have no previous background. So mm -hmm. like what questions, how did you prepare for that exam? Exactly. So normally uh, I always tell them like, if you, s if somebody tells you I'm a doctor, you mm. can imagine what he has studied. Yeah. If someone tells you I'm whatever, like you can always imagine or you have always some background knowledge mm. of whatever domain a person tells you that yeah. he's working at. When it comes to aviation, people very rarely knows what does a pilot study. So the entrance exam was mainly mathematics physics, IQ, something called mechanical comprehension, and English. Things that most of these things you excelled in already, so it was. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but then after we pass the, uh, this, the written exam, then there's the medical exam, which is a full day, where they have to make sure that we do not have one single flaw in our uh, biology, okay, in, okay, our, okay, <laughs> in our bodies. Like eyesight, hearing, uh, heart, uh, pressure, everything mm -hmm. is, is tested. And then afterwards, there's something called eye-hand coordination. And this test normally, it's like playing a computer game. So what they want to see is, if you see something, they want to see if your hand reacts properly. For example, if you see a plane coming towards you, they want to know if your hand would react to turn left or right, depending on and where the plane is. And how quickly as well. Exactly. Yeah. So that, that is actually the, like the, the what is it? Like, no, it's it's the, the, the test. The basis point. Yeah. yeah, which decides if you're going to make it one day or not. So that was it. And there's an interview one. I kid your reactions were fast, my driving in Lebanon and everything. You don't have fast reactions. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah. you know what? I started flying planes two years before I drove a car. Really? Wow. <laughs> I wow, don't have man. a driver's license when man. I started. Did you flying. find it to be super easy or were you like, no, this is actually way scarier than flying? It is scary. It is scary. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's, scary. it's exactly. way more hectic. And I feel like there are cars, especially in Lebanon, cars are coming left, right, and, and center. And you can't control. You. you can't control when you're and flying a plane. I'm sure you can like control. Legally in Lebanon, like legally, you'd be like, this is a one-way road. Legally but is a very loose yeah, term. Yeah. Very <laughs> term. <laughs> but here, you never know like what, to, like every single road is a two-way road and you'll always have somebody pop Man, up. here's the only country where you need to look up in the sky. <laughs> like, even though it makes no sense, just, just
just in case look up in the sky <laughs> the, the funniest are the the little like motorcycle little yeah. stars the guys that pop out of nowhere these guys are, I, I would so. stick to flying definitely yeah, exactly yeah. and uh, so so when you're going ahead and going full throttle and pursuing this are your parents still a bit apprehensive or are they they enjoying what you're achieving or like before when i first wanted to be a pilot my parents were against it 100 like after all i come from a conservative mm-hmm. family yeah and for them just as i told you going to aub was, was like a, was a, big, step. Yeah. a yeah. big step for them like to leave lebanon and go live abroad and study abroad and then uh t- like to lead a life where every day i might be in a different hotel or in a different country like for my dad he was worried you know who would marry a girl who's like <laughs> every night is living in a different <laughs> yeah. place so they were against 100 and they said no like a big no so i tried to convince them i cried i begged <laughs> i like i bribed i did every single act a, like a child would try to do with his parents with her parents <laughs> but then eventually he said no so what i did is i went back to the to, to, i went back to ab i dropped all my courses and i took my stuff i took a taxi and i went back to my village and i told my dad you have two options you either find me a husband or you send me to be a pilot it's your choice it's your call so he had no choice because <laughs> the husband was not waiting <laughs> so i that's so how it had, so had to be a pilot yeah. did he look for a husband though oh my god please don't tell me yes and then i can't tell you yes and he couldn't find like it's too <laughs> i can imagine like a dad putting an ad- advertisement yeah. in a newspaper like <laughs> husband, husband, husband wanted even because like they're in like a time they're in a village so like he just goes put some flyers around the village <laughs> uh, no d- d- different different times back different then. times and, man, and different when times. you so after AUB, you went to Scotland, yes, right? Yes, exactly. I went to Scotland. And I, I remember you saying something along the lines of, I think you were the only female in your course and, and studying yes, in Scotland. When we went to Scotland, like I told you, 2,000 applicants, 600 or 800 went to the written exam. And then the ones who passed were nine only, mm-hmm. only nine Lebanese uh, pilots. So we went to Scotland. And yes, I was the only female among the nine. Uh, but there was another girl in the flying school. She was from Malawi. So we were two girls and uh, around like 800 male pilots. <laughs> I'm that sorry point. for your, pa- <laughs> I'm sorry for the pain. It was wow. really like initially it was very difficult. Like when I would walk into the cafeteria, you would have like 800 people looking at me. Maybe they were not looking, but yeah. like, it, it, just like subconsciously I would feel yes, like, oh yeah, my yeah, God. Yeah, yeah. So I had to change my lifestyle. I had to cut my hair really short <laughs> to put away my skirts, my makeup, my dresses and like, to behave like as if I'm one of them. Mm. Yeah, that's how I you was. Felt like you needed to adapt. To exactly. Yeah. Otherwise, like it's maybe, tough, like as I'm telling you, maybe they like they saw me as a girl or as a, like they didn't, they, they didn't see me based on my gender. But deep inside, I had that sensation. Mm. So did yeah. did you ever feel though, like while you were there in Scotland, that because you were a girl, and I think at the time as well, you didn't, it wasn't very common, not just in the Middle East, but mm. internationally to have a female pilot. Do you think people, or did you ever experience people making fun of you or belittling you because you're... No, not belittling, but like to say that they used to joke about the issue. Mm-hmm. For example, once I was uh, uh, one of the instructors, he was, telling us, he was telling me, do you have a pen? And I was looking in my suitcase, like in my case, whatever, yeah. in my bag, <laughs> to find the pen. Um, then he said, you know what? One day when Rilla is looking for a pen, she's going to get a, to grab a lipstick can, you know, instead of oh. a like It was this. Yeah, the basic yeah. joke. Yeah. 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 So, yes, I heard a lot of comments. Did that inspire you? Did that like motivate you to prove them wrong? 
at times it didn't inspire me but it didn't put me down yeah. like I, I always initially like I started flying I was 19 years old so the, my very first flight with passengers on board I was 19 years old so uh, like I wasn't that experienced and mm-hmm. mature so mm-hmm. in honestly like when I used to hear people saying oh, she's a woman I don't want to board the plane I, I, I used to take it personal and I really I felt sad I know why can't you trust me like why I've done everything everybody else has done I'm in this situation right now yeah, but then eventually I had to detach myself I like you have to look objectively at the picture like they're not saying this because it's Rula Hatayt sitting in this seat they're saying this because of the background and the culture we come from and any girl would be taking my seat and they would say the same thing so once you stop looking at it in a subjective way you'll be able to accept the comments and to smile yeah. and to move on Fair enough, fair enough. Have you, do you feel like that's changed though this whole rhetoric of oh there's a woman flying I'm not going to enter the plane if, if my captain is a woman because even globally what you're saying there was this issue even in America and the UK women pilots would be discriminated against because they were according to people you know not qualified to do it so has that changed has it gotten better it has changed a lot but we still have some cases like I told you two days back yesterday I was in Istanbul and I had a passenger and she was screaming like literally screaming she was sitting in the business class and you could hear her voice in the in the back seats <laughs> and she was like oh, the captain is a female that it was like after we closed doors and mm. after takeoff and she was why didn't you tell me i wouldn't have boarded and her friend was sitting beside her and she was grabbing her hand and telling her uh, i don't i don't have to say names like she was saying <laughs> it's a female flying the plane let me down i want to go down now offload me now and she was like really screaming the whole time and then the cabin crew they came to her and they said no you can't you like you can't be yeah. like, no, you can't say <laughs> this what's wrong with you and no and we're on the plane if we don't trust her we wouldn't have been on the plane she is like as good as any other yeah. male captain like she's yeah. she's done the same training like everybody else but she kept on screaming until after landing and then she came to me and she said captain i'm really sorry i would like to apologize <laughs> <laughs> but it's my first time with a female captain so until today you still find people who would react like as if they're still living uh, but, yeah. but that's so weird like why why would back. they react like that because you think people now have more exposure because of the internet and people would be smarter like it's just w- w- if you don't mind me asking was she younger or older like age wise uh no she was younger she was younger yeah wow that was i'm um, that's surprising i would i would have just been tempted to lash out at her no like, even though you have to be professional get, off my like, yeah, exactly. get the f out of here you need to go but no going back to what you're saying this is not an issue that's going to be solved overhand. I think exactly. it's already yeah. progressed. progressed. Yeah. It is much better than yeah. before. Light years of, of what yeah. it was, and you'd know probably better than we do. But that's something, especially in our society, it's going to take time to get there. But the problem is they were more worried, like, you know, in Lebanon, the typical lifestyle is, um, let's say it's 25 years back. So okay. the typical lifestyle 25 years back was yeah. for a girl to study maybe go to college maybe not depends mm. uh, if she finds she, a husband yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but the right thing to do is to get married and have kids so this is like this is how every woman how, how parents they picture their girls or their like yeah their girls yeah, life yeah. lives so for my dad he was really worried that what if my daughter doesn't get married like who will look after her for mm. them like if she's a girl she has to have a male figure who's going to look after her and actually, I got married very early. Like I told you, I started flying at the age of 19. Mm-hmm. I got married at the age of 19 as well. Oh, so, oh, okay. so, uh-huh. so what worried him, like I sorted it out from okay, the beginning. So then, <laughs> like, don't worry that I got yeah, you. I got, <laughs> I got, I I got someone. <laughs> yeah. 
So I guess that relieved them that I got married and I went back to AUB. I finished my BS in mathematics. So I like I had to do several oh, things. Oh, you finished? You finished your undergrad yes. as well? And I, I, and I have so a master's in philosophy things. as well. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So you did all the things that makes Lebanese parents a bit exactly. more Exactly. So if you want me, like you want me to have a husband, I have a husband. You want me to have a job, I have a job. I know it's an unstable job, but it's fine. I'm, I, I was able to raise yeah. a family yeah. as well. Yeah. And I went back to university and I got you the degree that you wanted me to have. So that made them feel relieved mm. and proud as yeah. well. Yeah. Like well, I was able to great. do all. <laughs> mm. and, and now is it is there still a bit is it still a bit contentious or it's completely like no, we're proud no, of what you're doing? No. Okay. It's over now. <laughs> no, especially because they see you doing things like, I remember the first time I heard about you was uh, the 2019 flight to MEA and there was this whole hashtag because the, 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 the one to London to, London, to yeah. Heathrow and the conditions were awful and it looked like the type of wind that could move like a, a truck out, you know what I mean? Really? Like that strength. And I remember this was doing the rounds on social media that there was a captain who like expertly landed and everything. And that's actually how I first yeah. heard about you. Oh. So I'm, I'm saying as, as a parent or anything, that must be like, wow. Yeah. Did you do the thing where you have to land sideways? Yeah, exactly. You haven't seen yeah. the video? Uh, dude, that no, you, you have to see it. You have to see it. Like your hands sweat when you watch the yeah. video. Yeah. 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 Like we were landing, yeah. the, the plane just ahead of us, they couldn't land. The oh. one behind us couldn't land after us. Like no one was able to land. And no, it's not because I'm better than others. But okay? you are. No, 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 no. Very humble. No, 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 really, really. But sometimes it depends on several things. One of those is the type of the aircraft. Okay. Our plane was an Airbus 330, which is a bit bigger than the Airbus 320 that was in front of us and the Boeing 737 that was behind us. So when a plane is bigger, it can take more wind. Fair. And, and you know, wind is a variable. Like it's not always uh, blowing. Suddenly it blows more. And suddenly, but, but still, it was one of the toughest landing I have done. And throughout the whole approach, I was telling the co-pilot, you know what? I might go around at any second. To go around is not, you know, not to not to land. Yeah. Just any minute, open power and just go up. Yeah. And believe me, at one point the wing dropped. I don't know. I'll show you the video. Mm -hmm. The wing like really dropped. And when the wing drops, the problem is the plane. The wings of the plane are really big, and the engine is under the wing. So if the wing drop and we're close to the ground, the engine could hit the ground. The the ground. Jesus. And and the wings are filled with fuel. Yeah. Boom. So exactly. Yes. So at one point the wing just dropped, like really dropped low, and I told the name of the copilot was Mazen, and I told him, you know, Mazen, I think we have to go around, and then like I was able to control it, and I told him, I'm going to continue, but at any second be ready, I'm going around, and then eventually we landed. <laughs> <laughs> And were you yeah. were you freaking out though? Were you or not was freaking? It, were you I was pumped? like definitely the adrenaline level was at yeah, okay. <laughs> the Both peak them. that it could get yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. And when we landed, normally, like I've heard passengers, they would clap in Lebanon, especially. Yes. Yeah, we they would clap yeah. for everything. When we landed, the co-pilot was clapping. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, come on, it's not there. your first landing. <laughs> you can't do that. Was that the scariest experience you've had? Because Anna, I don't like flying, so I can imagine. No, it's not the scariest, but it was it was rough. It wasn't easy. Mm. Do you know, do you like, is there any experience in your head that's like, oof, when you go back and you think about it, like? Normally, the you know a pilot in his career or in her career let's stick to her <laughs> in her career would face three kinds of problems the technical ones the weather and humanitarian issues the technicals we are trained for because every six months we have to sit for exams from the beginning like when, when a doctor graduates he takes his life his degree and he just like he's a doctor he's that's a doctor. it for pilots it's not like that for pilots we get a license and it's only valid for six months and every six months, we have to sit for exams all over again, written exams, flight simulator, 
a flight with an instructor who comes on board, a medical test. Like we do all sorts of exams every six months. So almost like within 10 years, you cover every single technical fault you would get. So for the technical issues, we are trained. And once, once you are trying trained, you feel very confident. Like really, if, if you throw someone in the sea and he doesn't know how to swim, even if you tell him how to swim, he would drown. Mm-hmm. If you throw someone who really knows how to swim, and no matter how hard the sea, the waves are, and how high they are, he will be able maybe to manage and get out yeah. because of the confidence. So we are trained for technical issues, also for weather. With the experience we get, eventually we get trained for that. Now, when it comes to humanitarian issues, that's where no training mm. would be enough. What do you mean by so, humanitarian? For example, I'll give you an example. And this, I guess, I believe this is one of the very difficult uh, like, uh, flights I had. Mm-hmm. Once I was flying to London again. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I have to stop flying to London again. <laughs> it's all the time. Yeah, I just so realized. It's a lot of challenges. So I was flying to London. And then the cabin crew, she walked into the cockpit and she said, Captain, we have a sick passenger on board and mm. she's very sick. Like even when we boarded, they had to bring extra oxygen bottles for that lady because she was traveling and she had some uh, medical issues. Mm-hmm. So we knew that we had a sick passenger, but apparently her condition was getting worse and worse. So I told her, you know what? Try to find if there's a doctor to see if there's a doctor on board. So there was a doctor on board and I asked the doctor, please, can you check that lady? He came back to me and he said, she's feeling really like she's not good. I don't think you will be able to get to London. Her condition is very bad. Oh, that, so there's a chance that she might pass away. Exactly. So I said, uh, I asked the doctor, I said, so you think we should land on route, right? He said, I think so. Like she, she can't survive for like two more hours. And then I told him, okay, just go tell her, stay beside her and mm-hmm. tell her and we're going to land on Calm route. Calm her down. He went back and then the cabin crew came back to me. Meanwhile, I declared emergency. I said, we have a sick passenger. We would like to divert. And we were planning to land in Frankfurt by that mm-hmm. time. So then the cabin crew came to me and she said, Captain, this lady, she wants to talk to you. And I told her, just tell her we're going to be on ground within like 20 Mm -hmm. minutes. And she said, no, no, she's insisting. She wants to talk to you. So I went back to her seat and I saw a very thin lady. She was like all blue as if she's suffocating. Mm -hmm. And I told her, like when I saw her, I said, don't worry, don't worry. You know what? In 20 minutes, you will be on ground. An ambulance will be waiting and we'll take you to the hospital. Don't worry. And she said, no, 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 please continue and I was like why do you want me like we cannot continue like my my duty is to make sure that everybody gets to the destination whatever like to get on ground uh, when like at least alive (laughs) so I told her no 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 we can't continue she said please I know that I'm dying I have my kids in London and I would love to see my kids in in case I in case I'm dying I want to see them before I die so please give me the chance to see my kids Um. before I die and by law, we cannot. Like, if she dies, I will be sued. Mm-hmm. So I told her, but like, I can't do that. We have to land. Like, according to the doctor, you cannot last for two hours. She said, please, just give me the chance. Just give me one chance to see my, my children before I die. This is such a tough situation. That exactly. Like, I looked at her and I was, oh, my God. Like, if I get to London and she's dead, I'm really like, I will be in a very mm-hmm. bad situation. You're accountable. Yeah, you're accountable. And yeah. it's my, exactly. It's, yeah. it's your duty it's to make sure that she exactly. stays here. And like, if I don't, and if I land on route and she dies before seeing her kids, like I will feel always guilty. Mm. So I thought like, I'm a mother. And honestly, if I were in her place, I would do the same. So I told her, you know what? Okay, we're not going to land in Frankfurt. Oof. We're continuing to London. But I knew that my career was like, <laughs> <On> <laughs> at the line, on exactly. The line, yeah. 
So I went back to the cockpit. I told the co-pilot, cancel emergency. We're going to continue to London. And we continued to London. She arrived. She was still alive. We were like when we when we landed, we stopped exactly after exiting the runway. The ambulance came. They offload. They took her down, and then we went back and parked. Did you know so what happened to no, her? No, 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 <laughs> no. No one wants to know. At least I knew that she was fine that, when we landed. That wow. story just gave me so much good. Exactly. So right it's now. those moments which are really tough. Yeah. Because like, it's not. There's not black and white. There's not the right exactly. thing to yeah. do. It, uh, no. And you might get lucky to, and you might yeah it comes down to as you said like what would you do if you were in that situation exactly. and sometimes you just let emotion take over rationale mm, it's good that exactly. you, you, you studied it? philosophy as well yeah. <laughs> that's, like, that's like the ultimate dilemma you know that, that, that yeah the, the personal choice of okay well i can relate to this but then you have the structures behind you telling yeah, yeah. you not to do that so if they ever want to make a movie i think yeah I was, <laughs> by the way that was exactly what i was thinking like this scene this whole situation can be made into a movie but you also touched upon uh, like your family and your kids mm-hmm. and you have kids and you know being a pilot i think one of the things that your father was very worried about was the hectic lifestyle and how have you been able to balance that out by having like the perfect work to family relationship and having that perfect balance do you think it's affected that? Uh, it's like that was the hardest thing I have done throughout my whole life. Mm-hmm. Like people sometimes tell me, oh, we've been to, uh, for example, my son would tell yeah. me, that course or that exam was difficult. And I always tell him always, <laughs> nothing is as difficult as being able to bring you two both up, especially in Lebanon, where we had all this chaos. Yeah. And to keep my job. So it was really tough. It was very hard. But... There are a few things in Lebanon which we really don't appreciate and we don't see. And one of them is the extended family and the friends you always have around. Yeah. Like in the West, we don't, they don't have this. You cannot just call your friend and tell her, please, can you pick my son from school? Or if anything, like, oh, you yeah, yeah. really, like, 100%. Or, or to call I your aunt or to call anybody. Like, there's always someone you can depend on in Lebanon and you can trust. Like in, in, in other countries, you cannot just no, call somebody and tell 100%. them to go pick my son yeah, no, and let no, them sleep over. And, but you in Lebanon, them a favor or something. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah. In yeah. Lebanon, you could in do Lebanon, this. In Lebanon, you could do it and, you know, and they will be happy to help. So that's, that's what really helped yeah. me. The second thing is my husband. He really played a big part in this, a big, 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 a huge role. He's like, a pilot as well, right? Exactly. Yeah. So when really? I was away, <laughs> he was uh, like, he was, the play, he was taking my role. Mm-hmm. And when he was away, you I was doing take. his okay, job. Okay, that's nice. So, but still at certain times, we would both be away. And one of those times, I was in Brussels, mm-hmm. I was in the hotel, and I was reading my, like I was chatting on my phone, and then I had a pop-up on the phone saying, an explosion happened in Rauche area, and at the Duroy Hotel. My mm-hmm. house is just across the Duroy Hotel. Oof. And like when I read it, the, the, my first reaction was, oh, oh yeah. my God, like my kids, they're home, and their dad, he's flying. Oof. I was, I, like honestly, I was not able for like three to five minutes to dial the number. Like I couldn't. And every time I'd put the number, it would be the wrong number. And then I would try again. <laughs> and you're just so nervous. And then eventually I was able to talk to them. And my younger son, here, he answered. And he said, I said, are you safe? Are you okay? He said, mom, the garbage truck passed by. And it's a very big garbage truck. Like for him, it was a garbage truck. Because normally at night when the garbage truck, they pass by to collect the garbage. They, they, make, the, they make loud yeah, yeah, noises. Yeah, yeah. noises. So he thought it was the garbage. He said, I was sitting on the couch and it was too loud. I don't know what happened. Suddenly I found myself on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, but you're fine. He said, yes, your brother is fine. I said, he said, yes. I said, okay, it was an explosion. Mm. Oh, really? (laughs) Then he knew it was an explosion. For him, it was the garbage truck. 
it's crazy this this is and i've 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 felt this a lot with guests we've had and even talking you know we laugh about things that are so yeah. crazy like exactly. that's level when you man. when you think yeah. i know it's but it's like you laugh as a coping mechanism yeah, as yeah. to but i mean as a mother that must she's drive you crazy you. that she's better at that than we are because she's a mom she has <laughs> yeah. more things to worry exactly. about of course. things are funnier now yeah but, but to have your kids so close to, to something that you know could put but this is what i'm telling you like bringing up two kids in lebanon really mm. is not easy, not easy. Yeah. I can imagine. it's more difficult yeah. than, than but, yeah. trying to pioneer uh, you know <laughs> woman pilots <laughs> in the industry we've also though like on the show sometimes you've been a bit too critical about lebanon and something mm. that i want to touch upon that you said was having that sense of extended friends and family which in my opinion I agree with you 100% is not found abroad and I'll give the example like for instance in the UK the sense of family does not really exist where oh so once you move out of the house or once your parents get old usually in the UK they put them in retirement homes whereas over here you're always close exactly. like every single Sunday you go out for family lunches mm-hmm. or family dinners and everybody's close to their cousins and to their grandmother or to their grandparents yeah. and that in Europe is not as common, even in the States, it's not as common as it is over here. Like sometimes kids could go. I remember when I told friends of mine from Europe that, oh, yeah, do you see my grandparents every Sunday? I know all my cousins. What? Yeah. With <laughs> my grandparents are in a retirement home. I'm like, yeah, there's that sense of family and trust over mm. here. That's different. Tell them, yeah, because you're an asshole. Because <laughs> yeah. you put them there. No, and even goes even even from a from a monetary perspective here you don't feel too uncomfortable asking your friend, oh, I don't have any money. Can you just, could you cover for me today or pay for my lunch or something? I'll pay you back. They don't even want the money back. It's like, are you crazy? Come on, why would you even ask? Of course, I've been in this situation abroad and it's just not the case. There isn't that sense of, you know, community and I look out for you, don't worry. Of course, you'd look out for me and it's the same. There's none of that. And I think that's one of the nicest things about being here because you're right, we are kind of Another nice example, I think both of us, even you yourself, Joe, can relate to it is like when we, when you first moved to London and like we went out with a few Europeans in Lebanon, if you want to go out for a drink with your friend, sometimes, yeah, you buy like a round of shots or a drink for your friend and it's normal. I remember the first time I did that over there, everybody looked at me like, oh, are, you crazy? Crazy? <laughs> <laughs> are you crazy? Who's this big spender? <laughs> <laughs> they thought I was like, sometime one guy called me, are you a prince or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Prince? Yeah, I guess I'm a Khalija prince, <laughs> yeah. buying you one pound shot. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But yeah. Um, yeah, and, and the other thing I kind of wanted to touch on is, did you kind of know that you were going to become this figurehead, this spokesperson for a woman in the labor force, or did that just kind of happen by accident? Honestly, when I started flying, I never, li- like, people would ask me for interviews, not people, uh, TV stations. It was TV by that, mm-hmm. that time, or radio stations. Not and podcasts. I always de- yeah, no podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> and I always declined. Like, for me, this is my job. This is my career. I decided to, to do, like, I decided to be a pilot. And I don't want to be, like, I don't want to boast about it. I don't want to talk about it. Like, what, what for? But then 20 years after flying, and after being the only female pilot in Lebanon, I started to feel that I'm failing somewhere. Like if I tell you uh, a certain company hired a woman and they never hired anyone else and any other woman after, that, after her, yeah. then uh, like uh, ma- automatically you would There's think that maybe wrong. she failed. Yeah. Like she didn't do her job properly. That's why they decided not to take women again. So I felt that there's a huge responsibility on, on, like, on me. Like I have to push more females into going into the aviation field or any other like male dominant yeah. field. Mm-hmm. So it was then, like after 20 years of flying, that I started to go for talk shows, go to schools. Initially, it started going to schools and universities. And I would go and address the girls. And they would like, every, every girl would say like, not every, but many girls would say, oh, like we really can be pilots? So they were not exposed to the idea. 
And then I accepted to go on TV shows and then to go on many, many other things. Many, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, I became famous, although I, the intention was not to be famous, yeah. honestly. Like really all what I wanted to do is to push girls into coming into the aviation field. And I, I succeeded. Because yeah. now we have four co-pilots. Even what happened uh, yeah, exactly. two weeks ago. Those yeah. So, uh, but indirectly, yeah, I became a public figure. <laughs> uh, no, it's amazing because you're you're using your platform to actually, you know, to create change. And I I mean, even because you touched on this right now, the other day you were also in the news because it was the first time it was an all-female crew flying a plane. Am I in the Middle East? I guess so. Yeah, in the Middle that East. That went okay. viral, not just yeah. in Middle Eastern news stations, yeah. but like internationally, you mm-hmm. were saying that you got approached by CNN, I, Russian I, media. States and the, uh, by channels in the States, yeah. Canada, Russia, like I, Germany. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, really? Yeah. <laughs> Is it that weird? How, how did it happen though? Like, well, how did, like, how did, because I remember you said something, it was all coincidental. Yeah. It wasn't supposed to happen. No, no, like no, no, that. no. Like I was coming for the flight. It mm-hmm. was a flight to Cairo. Uh, it was on a Tuesday mm-hmm. and you know like uh, they called me on Sunday and they told me would you do a flight to Cairo today I said okay I'll do the flight today on Sunday provided you remove my flight on Tuesday <laughs> and they said uh, we'll talk about that later I said no 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 I'm doing you a favor I'm flying on a Sunday afternoon so I'll do the Cairo flight but you have to remove that one on Tuesday so I, I flew the flight to Cairo on Sunday and then on, on Monday I called the operations and I told them uh, what happened did you remove my flight on Tuesday and they said no no you're still on and I said please like <laughs> please I need a day off and they said but you know it's an Airbus 330 we cannot just like take you off of the, from the flight because we don't have too many Airbus 330 captains like, it was 320 I'm sorry on yeah. Sunday I did a 330 flight on Tuesday no on, uh, yeah, on Sunday they said it's a 330 mm-hmm. so we really need you badly yeah. okay so on Tuesday I called them I said please they said uh, no la, please you're going to stay on the flight so well, so I went, but like, I really was like, oh, no, no, I did one just like two days back. <laughs> Not in the so mood. anyway, I, I reached the, uh, the dispatch. Dispatch is where we get our file and we get briefed about the flight. And I saw Angela standing there and I told her, oh, we're flying together. She said, yes. I said, yes, we can have girls talk in the cockpit today. <laughs> and then we went to the briefing to brief the cabin crew. And I looked and I said, wow. where are the boys? <laughs> and they said, there are no boys. I said, no, come on, like, really? Where are the male cabin crew? They said, we don't have any. I said, we're all females? (laughs) (laughs) They said, yes. I said, oh, we have to take a picture today. (laughs) It's a flight to remember. Like it was a flight to remember for me from a personal point of view. So we took some pictures and I posted that picture. And I said, that's the first time like we have a full female crew on board. And we didn't tell the passengers just to let you. Yeah. So, <laughs> so they wouldn't so don't panic. have any other turkey situations. (laughs) And then that picture went really viral. But some of the comments which I got like, is it really an achievement? Like one of the guys commented, do you really consider this an achievement? And I told him, maybe no, it's not an achievement. Like maybe other countries have done it before, or maybe we, we could have done it before, but it's it's the first time. And you know what? Everything when it's the, for the first, happens for, for the yeah. first time, it has its- It's a step. Uh, it's yeah, yeah. It has yeah. a taste and a joy yeah, in it. Charm, like, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll yeah. personally say it is an achievement because whether it's in the Middle East or Lebanon, like these, this is a region that is really male dominated in, in, in general, yeah. like yeah, up, until, up until this point in time, it's not as liberal as the West when it comes to women's like just being independent. 
and you, you saw the stigma behind a female pilot like even recently when you go on a flight people start to get worried and shout so yeah that is a that is a step. whether it's an achievement or not it happened for the first time yeah. and it happened by accident which is cool yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. it's so cool like it's yeah. a nice story so. i think the aftermath is the achievement mm. i think um okay maybe maybe the coincidence happening is is in itself not such a you know crazy metric or anything but the amount of media coverage that it's getting we you might not see it we might not see it but there might be a few girls saying oh shit cool and look yeah. the, the awareness it's creating the awareness is creating the aviation mm. industry is changing it's not that male dominated it's not that male centric maybe i can do, do you do you have young girls reaching out to you yes, saying yes oh, i have okay. many yeah that's look what, up what type you. of stuff do they say to you i uh, know they always uh, they ask me many questions and the most common question is how are you able to coordinate between your family and your mm. uh, work lifestyle yeah. So, yes, I have many of those. But the thing is, because of this, the huge reaction this picture took, like what I could conclude is that the community is ready mm -hmm. for the change. Like people really like yeah. the idea and they were sharing it. So it means people are ready That's and they idea. want more females. I'm sorry that you're all three maids. <laughs> actually, like, actually, like you're balancing it out right for us because like, yeah, we're three dudes. I didn't think about that. I didn't think about that. Think but about that? No, no. After, after, some females. after all your achievements though, and you've really set the bar high and you've really like been a pioneer when it comes to female pilots, even not just in Lebanon, the region. Do you think like over here or like you've been, re like, you've been properly valued for your contribution in the field, like in general? Uh, that's a question. Uh, that is that's philosophy. That's a way. Yeah. <laughs> when you said you did a master's master's degree, you have, you're prepared What is for being it. valued? <laughs> <laughs> what does it signify? Like, it depends really. Mm. Like, being valued, it depends by who. If it's by the young generations, yes. Definitely, I am. Like, when mm. I have young people coming out to me and asking me, how can we do this or that? Or even parents of those girls mm. asking me you are my girl's idol and we really would like to meet you and I, my daughter would like to meet you and you know we can maybe mm. you can give her some advice like i guess i guess this is really an excellent like um uh, it's like it's like a reward for yeah. me really yeah. Now, if you're going to say, like, if I'm valued by the government, no. How about in the, how about <laughs> <laughs> I don't think any of us no. are valued by the government. How about in the workplace, though? Like, and the workplace, the workplace, it's a bit sensitive because mm -hmm. in addition to being a pilot, I'm the regional president for um, for something called International Federation of Airline Pilots Associations. Yeah. So normally, when you work for a union or association, the management would not be like wouldn't like you too much. Okay. But among my colleagues, yes, I am valued. My colleagues, they really like me. The employees in MEA, they all like me. But when it comes to management, as I'm telling you, when you work with the unions, Especially if you have a significant role yeah. in that. Because yeah, exactly. you, yeah. you, scare, you scare them out the word uh, union. The word union, I think, scares yeah. a lot of companies. And so. then they're afraid that, oh, you might like that title in the union might make you feel more self-righteous. and Yeah, uh, but, 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 but it will make me ask for more rights. Yeah. Yeah. When more you rights, ask for yeah. more rights, like you're threatening yeah. the yeah. management at times. You want us to pay you more? I mean, that, that's, <laughs> uh, that, that's the case with unions. Yeah. I, it's, uh, there were huge issues in America with, with the rise of unions. I remember mm -hmm. uh, reading about that, although I have no knowledge to give you I have one thing I have one thing I about one, unions yeah. in America bro, like the me. musicians union for example all right when they record this uh, part you know for a movie or whatever they have let's say the three-hour recording session three hour and one second passed if they're in the middle of a take doesn't matter yeah, clap, done they uh, dump yeah. the instruments <laughs> yeah, like lunch break mm. and you can't tell them no 
You can't tell them uh, that. They no, won't. Because that, like, those no, are the rules. Those, those are, are the, the stuff. Yeah. The union. Take it up with the union. Yeah, take it up mm. with the union. That's uh, the union story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks for having my back. <laughs> you're welcome. And I, and I, did, I wasn't looking good there. Um, just another kind of side topic. Now with coronavirus and this kind of you know crazy world we find ourselves in. You were mentioning that you used to fly 18 times. Now you're flying five a month. Six. Five, six? six yeah. was it five, six a month. What short-term and long-term what's going to be happening with the aviation industry do you think definitely the aviation industry is going to change that's for sure because after the like because of this pandemic uh, before we for example we used to go to conferences mm-hmm. i guess this is going to stop yeah, business meetings this is going to stop because now they found out that we can do all of this online oh, virtually yeah just like if you see like in the big cities the price of or the rent of houses is just dropping because companies found out that they don't need all those employees to come to the offices mm-hmm. so they're selling everything yeah. exactly yeah. so people can live like yeah. they don't have to yeah. live in the city anymore yeah, for sure. so also with the aviation it's the same business is going uh, business fly like business not businessman business travel is going to drop yeah. and for conferences i guess even for schooling like if you see university everybody is going yeah. online like yeah. I, my son is in the states but he's sitting in a no, dorm no, we, in his we, dorm we were like all we, blessed we just graduated right yeah. before that yeah. happened i don't know if i like that though like yeah, yeah going online yeah. classes online and even if you want to go shopping like the retail stores oh, are closing yeah. like all yeah. these kinds of travel uh, people who travel for those reasons are going to like to, to reduce i guess we're going always to have tourists tourism yeah but not for the time being so for the next two or three years, it's going also to drop a lot. If you think two or three years, tourism? Mm. Mm. No, no, it's, this is not a very short term thing. It's going to take time. It is going to take time, yeah. Sure. So, and for the next few years, not before 2024, the predictions are the aviation is the industry is going to like really go down. Then after 2024, hopefully, it's going to pick up. Mm-hmm. Now, the type of aircraft is going to change as well. Like all the big aircrafts. Probably be smaller. They're all grounded yeah. and people, uh, airlines are going to utilize more the small, smaller planes because they're not going to have all those people on board. Also, the uh, business class seats are going to be reduced because the people who used to travel for business and who would pay for the tickets and the c- companies who would pay to cover the cost, they're going to stop. So, yeah, the aviation is going to change a lot. Mm-hmm. I think smaller planes, I guess also less flights around the world. Also maybe. less flights as well. So yeah. more, inspe- more expensive. Exactly. This is it. We're going Zod. to, yeah. <laughs> is there even going to be distancing and stuff on planes? Or is no, that, no, 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 no. Okay. Nothing. It doesn't yeah. make much of a difference. I yeah. watch a video that apparently distancing. You're in a pressure be. tank in the sky, bro. Yeah. Like, you can't escape coronavirus if yeah, it's there. Literally. <laughs> you don't need to be aggressive with me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know it's... it's, it's uh, yeah, it's a bit scary because now now everyone here is is you know obsessed with traveling, obsessed with finding out new cultures and meeting new people. So I think, hopefully, it's not as long as twenty twenty four. I hope maybe twenty twenty two or something. But yeah, it's, yeah, it will uh, take some time. It will take some time to go some back. Some might to say uh, the future is uh, up in the sky. <laughs> I have no water here. Yeah. God damn it! <laughs> <I'm neither. laughs> I, I apologize for that. I really apologize for that. Um, on on that note, <laughs> no, on that no. note, uh, it was a it was, it was a pleasure having you. Uh, continue to do what you're doing, inspiring Thank young you. girls and young women. And, uh, and I'm sorry yeah. about Ryan. And I'm yeah. sorry for <laughs> the last one. He doesn't, he doesn't do this usually. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Please follow and subscribe on Spotify and Rami, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Foda2020 to stay updated. 
We'd love your feedback, so please DM us on Instagram and leave your comments below.